Hello. Ooh. Is there a volume control on the headphones? There is. Do you want more or less? I think a little more. But I'll do it. <sighs> it's fun watching I like it a lot better. Thank you. Just like speak to each other in audio person. Right. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what setup you're picking up here. Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's wild having you back here. Like I haven't talked to you in person since my very first podcast. Was that your first podcast? That yeah, was you on? were my first guest oh, on my first geez, different I name told podcast. I would, I would probably wouldn't have shown up. <laughs> I know. I had to like go through Tommy Drake to get introduced. Well, get I, I'm glad. For. I'm glad he did because I watched. I've been watching your shit go down. And I appreciate that. It's just cool to have it kind of go full circle, like to see you in year four for me when you were last seen in year one. That's I cool. got to see Tommy this weekend at the the festival that they had in Houston, and uh, he's doing some fun new stuff that I really appreciate. Shout out to their riot and yeah. their ability to make giant tents literally appear out of nowhere. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, just it did kind of freak me out. I, I saw the pictures, and I was like, what the hell is that? There was yeah. like a big tent and a big inflatable astronaut in a space where neither of those things used to be, and I drove by there high, and I got real <laughs> confused. <laughs> was it the parking lot right across the street? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was almost turned into a building because that used to be a parking lot, and it wasn't a parking lot anymore. It was a tent. Mm-hmm. What's really weird is I, last time I was at Rudyard's, uh, me and my buddy parked his car over there. We went across the street, you know, and had a few beers for probably an hour and a half. Walked over there, and somebody busted out his back window. And God there, you know? damn. And then there was a car in front of us, and the same thing had happened. There were two dudes in that car and two dudes in our car. So the two guys that owned the car started talking to each other. The other dude was like, hey, man, you going to burn this TV? I was like, sure. So we walked around the corner. They were calling the cops. They were going to call the cops. And I'm going to stand over here. You know, so, yeah. you know. Man, Houston is the window-bustingest city I've ever heard of in my entire life. Like, it happens at least once a week at a club, which we won't name. Shout out secret group. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a secret place. So it's a secret place that you we don't want to find it. About. It's a secret. Yeah. Unless you Google it. Well, we're here live. We're here live today on a very exciting day. Uh, yeah, our guest this week, uh, my friend Chuck Savage. Welcome, Chuck. What's up? Got Chad here on the ones and twos, as per usual. Pew 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 pew. It's nice to meet you guys. I've never met either one of you guys. I met I met this dude, but never met you guys. Yeah, before. no, I'm I'm Will. I'm six foot five, uh, three hundred pounds. Uh-huh. Um, Samoan dynamite. Right? Yeah, exactly. That's it. No, <laughs> Just uh, Samoan dynamite. That's was that was my porn name for a long time. From <laughs> Frank Zappa song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was told to introduce you as a musician who used to get to open for Tommy Drake. Okay. All the time. <laughs> all the time. I'm very proud of that. It's one of the highest highlights of my resume right there with the dog catcher. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that's that's. I, I guess I guess the longer you do comedy, the more checkered of a, of of uh, life you you'll have lived. So like, I just want to know like, cause I don't know. I've heard like nine different stories about you, and I don't know. I don't know if what is true. Uh, you know. So I was not there when the Lindbergh baby. Was okay. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. old, but I'm not that old. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. You did not. You did not steal the Lindbergh baby. All right. So that's that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah. Uh, well, do tell. <laughs> now you've got me hanging out here. You know what are the stories you heard about? I don't know. Well, What's no, it? I mean it's uh, uh, Andy. Andy. Andy Huggins has, has uh, brought you up before and said that you were a good dude. Uh, oh, let's yeah. see. I heard you uh, played bass for Mitch Hedberg. Sure. Yeah. 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 That at, on his recording in Houston. 
Uh, what are the other ones that I heard about? That's like the coolest resume. These are more like facts more than the stories about me. Well, I feel yeah, like no, okay, better okay, now. Okay, feel sorry, better, sorry, sorry. I was hoping that you would elaborate. English <laughs> is Will's second language. She's Appalachian first. Well, it's, no, I mean, we, we talked, when I was on the first show, we talked a lot about my relationship okay. with Mitch and cool, everything. Cool, cool. We, we did, we covered a lot of that. And it's like, you know, it's, uh, there's, I will tell you this, there's a guy making a documentary, uh, his friend by name Jeff Siegel, and he's got a couple of documentaries already on uh, Netflix right now. He's got yeah. kind of a big one called "This Is a Robbery," and uh, and cool. uh, it's a whole thing, you know. And uh, he's he is like a big Mitch ha- fan. He met him when he was a kid, and he's been going around the country. He's met everybody. He's met Mitch's elementary school friends. Okay. That's so interesting. <laughs> that, yeah, that that that's that's quite the obsession. I, I love that. And he's got so much stuff documented. And I mean, I, I'm not. I'm not supposed to talk too much too much about it. But like, he's got like big time people that uh, like. Uh, let's just say, you know, if my name was Timmy Schimmel, yeah, okay, <laughs> you know, what I'm you know, uh, you know uh, they're, they're interested in sniffing around on this thing he's working on. It's like it's a really kind of a. I'll cool. shut. I'll shut up now. But cool. You know, cool. Cool. You know, cool. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, yeah. No, I wanted to ask. Um, since you're right, we did touch on this a lot the first time. We spoke and I learned a lot. Like, I don't know if you ever listened to that episode, but if you did or not, I was there. I listened to the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I remember how much smoke was in the room, and there is kind of an overstatement of what we both were. <laughs> by the end of it. I mean, we were technically present, but we weren't really. Now, was there any story like that you wish you had gotten to tell on the first one that you omitted, as far as that goes? We went pretty deep into the rabbit hole that night. We did. That's why uh, I didn't want to go all. Well, I will tell you that, you know, I've heard some stories since then. Like I said, you know, uh, working with this guy, I've been like kind of like when he came to Houston, he interviewed me and he interviewed a lot of, he interviewed Tommy, interviewed uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of folks, Babbitt, uh, who used to run the Laugh Stop. The the Laugh Stop crew. Yeah. Yeah, And uh, he was the guy who booked Mitch a lot. And, you know, he's got all this stuff. And it's like, I was, I was telling uh, then before, you know, it's like uh, people don't know, but Mitch made commercials. And a lot of people never heard there were regional commercials and people didn't know about. He's got a couple of series of commercials that are like, uh, like he made a series of commercials for Jimmy John's. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, is that uh, before Jimmy John's was a national chain. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the thing was, with the reason he did it was because the guy, Jimmy John, the guy that owns it, he, uh, he was a Mitch fan and he, he reached out and said, I want you to get this guy to do these commercials. And, uh, they're okay because they're, they're kind of, uh, you can tell Mitch didn't write them. They wanted his voice, but not necessarily, they wanted something, a joke that fit into a commercial context, right. whatever. But there was this other series of commercials he did in Atlanta for the, whatever the hockey team is there. Oh, the, the thrashers, the thrashers. Yeah. That them. He did this whole series called Hockey Love. <laughs> and it's like, uh, oh my gosh, you know, it's like, and the thing is, is like, uh, you know, well, I don't know. It's like, you know, this is, I have them on my phone right now. I could play them right now, you know. Oh, that's. <laughs> if I, I have to, it'd take me a second to find them, you know, but I mean, it's just like, uh, I don't know. It's, uh, it, it, it let me see. Let me see how hard it would be to find them. No worries. No I won't worries. play them all. I just play for a snippet of it. It's like, but boy, it's like uh, I had never heard them myself, you know. And I knew I was hanging out with the guy, you know. And it's like uh, he, but like, let me see. I'm it's a, almost like the uh, the menu layers of onion that is Will Loden, <laughs> and that we continue to get stories, <laughs> <laughs> which are tremendous. 
I think we managed to ring out new stories each week I mean, over the same yeah, group yeah. of three. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, a really good idea would have been to say, I thought I got in there and went ahead and found these earlier. <laughs> nah, hey, this is not a show for prep, my friend. Oh, good, no, good, good. No, let's see no. here. Just, I was looking at the wrong kind of a thing, I think, there, too. So, okay. Chad, how's your week been? Uh, good, good. Lots of stuff going on in the garage. Yeah, I figured. I figured. Chad's in rebuilding mode. Yeah, yeah. Furniture. Uh, yeah, when comedy uh, takes a downturn, uh, my production of furniture goes up. Fair, 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 fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just what? more get like you know decluttering, decluttering and moving things around, and you know, uh, is it decluttering or is it just like that big swirl of ocean trash that just like does a big loop around? There's that too. Yeah. There's that too. Uh, I have finally started to discard things from the uh, the wood cut off bin. There you go. We're yeah. like, yeah, never going to use this again. So yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You know, clean shop, better sets. That's there you that's go. the way it goes. There you go. That's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Decluttered house, decluttered mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who's yeah. that Chinese lady who is like, or who or the Japanese lady who is like? Uh, Feng but, shui? But, but yeah, but so <laughs> many dude, so many things spark joy for me. Okay, there you go. That's yeah. We already said that. Yeah, exactly. Big balls of twine. You and crows. You and crows like shiny babbles. Uh, yeah. No. Lighter spark joy for me usually. There you go. There yeah, you yeah. Go. For me, it's always the uh, the potential for something to become something, and so it's very hard for me to get rid of something that was purchased for a project, even though the project you know never went anywhere. <laughs> Fair. You would make an excellent government employee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like on the musician project. side. On the musician side, like I've I've played guitar for twenty seven years now. So my stockpiles and bins of just random spare parts. I I have so many. Really? Yeah, if this I, was I a live show, there would Who be you play two with guitars. Right I need a guitar player. <laughs> I don't play with anybody. Oh, really? I'm just around. Yeah, you want to join a band, man? I'm looking for a guitar player. I'm not kidding. <laughs> there, yeah, this would be amazing if Chad just merges <laughs> yeah. into Chuck Savage's band because of this podcast. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm really looking for a guitar player. If you got that many licks in your you pocket, you should at least I'm, do a gig. Yeah. We should at least do a gig. Exactly, man. There you, you go. Yeah, yeah, I get, I get, story, by the way, shit. like I, I am not. I'm such a shitty musician. Like you say, this is in the key of D. I'm like, okay, what is that? Well, I thought you just said you had a hundred licks in your pocket. What did you yeah. say about? Oh no, no, I have, I have spare parts. Yeah, he, he likes I, fiddling with stuff. Oh, yeah. bins. I thought he said uh, bins. Like, no, 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 no. I thought he said bins. No, because I built guitars and amps, oh. and yeah, I built them, worked on them, did all sorts of shit with them, and. I have. It's like so the guy who designs parts. the car isn't normally the race car driver. Yeah, sort of, sort of thing. Yeah, 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 dude, yeah. I don't want you in my band now. So. Yeah, <laughs> don't. You're, 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 fucking, hire, you're fired. You're out of the band now, <laughs> dude. But hire Dan Hornstein. Dan Hornstein. Dan Hornstein, another comic. Uh, he he knows all of the music. Like he knows all the music. <laughs> So the all notes, the music. he's seen all of them. That's yeah. a lot. That's that's pretty big. You know? That's that's a big. I mean, all of, the music. You know, all that. Yeah, I mean, like you know, you, you take the, the twelve and then and you move that. them around. You know, yeah. like you take the twelve notes and you move them around a bit. You know, it's, yeah, you shuffle them around. You get wacky with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna but, take yeah. your word that there are twelve notes. <laughs> that's <laughs> well, where I mean, I'm at. You know, in the Western scale, the Western scale. Yeah, yeah. Is music Western centric? Uh, it depends. Like, it, if you go to like Arabic music, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of. If you look at the twelve note scale, there's a lot of in between shit on the Arabic scales. There's a guy named Bombino 
who played the Heights Theater back oh, six months ago, whatever. I went and saw him, and he's from this place called Turig, which is like a, it's like a, it's like a place where you see an Indiana Jones. It's okay. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in fact, his guitar sounds like he's got like a Fender Twin plugged up out into those rocks, you know, by where those big things stick out of the rock or whatever, you know, and he's got it bounced against the rocks. What his guitar tone sounds like? He's, yeah. He's a really interesting cat. His name's Bombino, if you ever get a chance to check it out. All right, cool. Oh, interesting. Yeah. No, that's, that is interesting. Yeah. He bounces it off of rocks or it just sounds like It sounds like, like, like it. Okay, cool, it cool, like cool. It. But he was yeah. a really good show, man, like at uh, Heights Theater and I had front row seat. It's a lovely venue. I love the Heights Theater. I just yeah, like dude. the Heights in general. Uh- <laughs> I've been seeing lately on Facebook, you've uh, been getting the band back together? Me? Yes, I kind of am. I've got a, a new record I'm trying to put out and uh, I've got these uh, wacky ass goals about not having to work for a living and just having right. to play music, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm always whacking away at those, you know, but uh, I've got a new record I'm putting out. It's a uh, it's called Marianne and Ginger, and uh, like the uh, the first half is kind of like my softer stuff, and the second half is kind of my harder stuff. And the front cover is kind of cool. It's uh, it's like a guitar jack, you know, like pickups. Yeah, yeah. And the top one is is Marianne, and the bottom one's Ginger. There you go. That's what it kind of is. It's right. like you know, that's what kind of guitar sounds like. You know, it's like it says like I've seen it where it's like Les Paul, more Leo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of like yeah. Leo Fender, or whatever. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't know. But it's called Marion and Ginger, and it's a pretty it's a pretty neat record. There's a guy in town named uh, I was looking for the hockey stuff. I'll find it later, but uh, whatever. I'll play for you after we get done. I probably shouldn't play it anyhow, but that's uh, all good. Anyhow, uh, there's a guy here. Copyright in French. <laughs> there's a guy yeah. named Greg Wood, and he's this brilliant songwriter out of Houston. There was a band called Horseshoe, and like most people agree, that they're in like whole like alt country outlaw country scene. That Houston's contributions to it were largely based around Horseshoe, and this guy's a brilliant songwriter, and he. He's been on like uh, ill health, hard time stuff lately. And we've got him kind of propped up, and not propped up, but we've got him set up in this uh, apartment over by uh, 290 in Mangum. And uh, we're trying to like resurrect his song. So this new record I'm doing has got about like about a third of the songs are his songs. Third mile, nice. You know, they got some covers on there and everything. The, 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 the outlaw country stuff, like like the, the alt outlaw country uh, genre has always been fascinating to me just because like, I don't know. There's, there, there seems to have always been that fight where the like like where it's like people who like like I want to be popular but also fuck Nashville yeah, uh, yeah. You know, uh, and, and Willie, Willie Nelson figured it out yeah Willie Willie figured the it 70s, out you know? uh, in the yeah in the seventies it's been like you know like Merle I think Merle did fine mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, and and then as as it's gotten uh, as we we've progressed like I don't know I've 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 been listening to a lot of um, <clears throat> Oh, who who is he? Um, I'm drawing blanks right now. That sucks. Uh, Better than shooting blanks later. Yeah, no, no, no. Boy, <laughs> 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 <Sorry. laughs> Oh no, it's 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 a lot of the Appalachian stuff that's going on right now. Uh, like our uh, what's his name, Arlo. Uh, he does a lot of be- Arlo McKinley's do- doing some really good stuff. Um, and then let's, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff coming out of like Appalachia and like Ohio right now, just because of all the pill epidemic things going on, yeah, uh, where, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, sadness creates great music. Yeah. Creates great athletes too. What's that guy that used to the dancing guy? What was his name? The dancing dude out of Appalachia. He was kind of an Appalachian dude too. Uh, they had videos on Roseanne had her on, on a show. Uh, oh, yeah. that uh, dude, uh, cause they got that one show about them on HBO, 
yeah, I'm not making I'm not making any sense right here. The 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 dancing dude, the mountain did the mountain dancing. Uh, yeah, well, like the, like the, the wild whites of West Virginia. There you go. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, something white. Uh, no, they 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 they're <laughs> a lot of underbite energy over there. Uh, I don't mean, know his name. It's his the last first name. time hearing of it, but if you had just said the wild whites of West Virginia it's, to me with some, no context, I would have expected pamphlets now, on the building. I've got to get it figured out right because yeah. now let's let me just zip, let me say this here. The whites of West Virginia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, hang on. Wait, it's not like that. The whites of West Virginia. Oh my gosh! They had like a TV show for a while, and it was just—it's it, like Trailer Park Olympics. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I feel like every week my Alexa judges me a little more for the shit it hears. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, what this I says. like how every time you ask your Alexa something on the show, the Alexa just goes, "I'm not dealing with your shit right now." Right, right, right. It's called the Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia, and the Hank Three, Hank. June, yeah. Hank Three yeah. is the host of the little trailer. The, the there. wonderful kind of saves it actually for me. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. it's a trip, dude. This this movie's like it's it, one of those TV shows where where they kind of they they put people in in funny situations. Like it's classic fish out of water stuff too. I think right. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, Duck Dynasty. I'm more of a Duck Dynasty guy. <laughs> <laughs> See, there was originally another video before that about the white, his name is something white. He's the dancing, Appalachian dancing dude. Okay. Roseanne had him as a special guest on her show and she was popular back before she went away and came back and then freaked went out. Away, or whatever. Yeah. Her early on. It was long really, time. really, really long ambient nap. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she'll get. Oh, she'll get work at at, at Joe Rogan's comedy mothership. Plenty, whenever she, she wants. Has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure she can have one there. there opening night. Oh yeah. Put the phone in the kitchen safe. Well, apparently they make everyone put them in yonder bags. So you know, like which even for the open mics, which I think is awesome. Yes. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. I wonder how much those things cost. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I've, uh, Jack White makes you put them in a bag whenever you go to one of his shows too yeah i feel like those are just the bags that chinese toys come in <laughs> yeah <laughs> just the, the lead lined bags yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. lead lined did you see jack white last time he came to town i've seen him twice i went to dallas to go see him the first time yeah. and uh, i love the variety i love the i love going to i went to the dallas show and it was all like a little, a little more formal with yeah. that show and then he had he had a total punk show when he came here the yeah. last time he was here yeah, TV screens behind him and everything. And yeah, he had his haircut real short and everything. Yeah, yeah, the blue hair or whatever it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I was at that show too. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, he's got the acoustic pieces from the new record in the middle, but like the first half hour was just throwing down. Yeah, compared to the Dallas show, which was like a lot more laid back. Gotcha. I wish I'd have seen him early on. Yeah, because I, I, that like the videos are that that's a little different for me. You know, it was a little bit. Uh, it was more like going to see Joe Satriani at this point to me. It felt like, you know what I mean, when I saw him. Yeah, know? it's like, it, I, I can't, am I wearing yeah. me out here? Am I wearing me out with this <laughs> no, thing? I appreciate you know? the reference. No, 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 yeah. Noise, virtuosity, yeah. You know, it was kind of like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I imagine, like, being in music as long as you have, you've seen a lot of people live. Like, who's some of the best people you've gotten to see live over the years? Well... See, my dad, you know, I've come here, I grew up here in Houston, and he was like a quarter horse dude. He was on the quarter horse committee of the rodeo, you know? Yeah. And so we always had rodeo tickets from the time I was a little kid, and I'm a lot older than you guys, and it's like, 
when I say I started going to the rodeo, I'm talking about the same time they landed on the fucking moon. Allegedly. 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 Say that to piss off Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> 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 so when you, when you say that, uh, I saw the Jackson 5 ah, shit. At, at, uh, at the rodeo. I saw, uh, I saw Elvis Presley more than once at the rodeo. Nice. Know? See, and I was pressing the Astrodome. You know, there's a Outlaw Dave used to have a song on his thumb. It was, I, it was my song. You know, it was me singing, but it was like, it goes down there. I saw Elvis in the Astrodome. You know, oh, yeah, that, yeah. That was, that was, that's my song. That was you. That's me, yeah. No way. Yeah. yeah he, <laughs> it, and he said, smoke the joint in front of my mom and all yeah. that shit. Yeah, that's me. That's, no shit, dude. That, that's a song called All I've Done uh, by the Missiles, which is my old band from like the, uh, like the 80s. And see, back on January 28th, we did our, our 40th anniversary party. And, uh, you know, I was nervous about it. You know, people were going to come see this. And I packed the fucking Continental Club out. There you go. Badass, yeah, man. Yeah, it was cool. It was a good time. And that, a lot of people had a lot of fun. And it was like, you know, it was a fucking good time. And I made, I made a good time. There you go. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, Outlaw Dave show was like my shit. Just listening to it on a Walkman on the way home from school every single day. Well, so, he, yeah. He played it twice a day. He played it two and at five. Yeah. Usually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Jerry Wayne was telling me about it. Yeah. Jerry Wayne Longmire was telling me about it a lot. I know that dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're buds. Man. Yeah, exactly. We've done shows together. When he first started get, getting into it, I was uh, kind of getting out of it. But we did, during that period, we right. did a lot of shows together, you know. Cool, 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 cool. Like yeah, it. no, like uh, that's so funny. Yeah, Elvis in the Astrodome. Because Jerry was talking to me about how like his uncle worked like security or something for Elvis, and Elvis just loved fucking. He's just like, yeah, right? <laughs> I don't know exactly what it makes me in the lineage, but my grandfather and Elvis are second cousins. Hmm. Okay. I'm not sure where that distills down. I know it doesn't matter monetarily because we've always been poor, like two <laughs> generations up. So the Presley estate, Graceland money didn't filter to that branch of the family. Trickle yeah. down didn't work on that part. No, no, no. The colonel had his hand in most of that <laughs> pot anyway. I'm sure that no one outside of Elvis himself just got paid. But yeah. And I mean, there's a lot of televisions in that mansion. He he wasted a lot of money on very extravagant things. Oh, I prefer the shag carpet uh, on the ceiling. Have you toured it? Have you gone through the? Have yeah. you gone through Graceland in Memphis? Yeah, I, I, have. Never, I never have done it. Actually, I've never uh, done it. I've, I've been out front, but I never went through the tour. Yeah, I I ate two weed brownies one time and Sweet. got inconsolably <laughs> high. <laughs> 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 Before. Just, the best just, 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 I was just sitting there and I was like, I was like, I paid, I paid, I just, I, I hope they don't show me the toilet. I don't, I don't know if I can deal with that. And they're like, if you pay an extra $30, you can go to his private jet. And I go, nah, that'll start if I'm on it. I don't, and I just, I just, and I don't have $30. I went to a party once in Vegas. He used to work at, for a long time. He worked at the uh, kind of the shitty hotel or by the convention center on the other side of town, off the strip, mm -hmm. and whatever it's called nowadays. But uh, but he, the top, he had this big suite up on the top of the building, and uh, mm -hmm. this company threw a party in there. I went in there one time. We were laughing about you know, yeah, like big ass shittery. <laughs> 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 I'm always fascinated by that because like 
Like, it, it just becomes like a circle of money, right? They're like, all right, you're going to do your residency in Vegas. You're going to make a bunch of money. But also, like, do you want to stay in the top suite? Do you want to gamble? Like, do you want to do all of these things? And it's like, we pay you in chips. Is yeah, that going to yeah. be all right yeah, with you? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you make $5,000 a week. But yes, sometimes you're going to have to beg for a buffet comp also to stay alive. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's... Ass backwards, baby. That's actually how it works for the gamblers, too. Really? It's the same. It's the same principle, yeah. I've had to beg for comps from a hotel for my life before. <laughs> <laughs> what was that What was that movie uh, where it was, they taught the guy how to gamble? Samuel L. Jackson was in it, too. Like he like. he Oh, that's Heart 8. Yeah, yeah, Heart that, 8. That's, a, that's Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, that's a yeah, badass yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. That was how cool. you have a movie called Heart 8 and it's not a porn, I will never <laughs> understand. <laughs> well, they made, the same guy, guy that went straight. Here's a true story. They made that movie and went straight from there to... They were made that like in Reno and in, in that area, and shot straight from there to the West Coast and shot Boogie Nights. The same cast, a lot of the same cast members. Lot, in both. Yeah, it was definitely the same crew too. Yep. Yeah, no, yep. it had same that, crew and same that cast. same aesthetic. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if they already had the giant prosthetic dick at that point. <laughs> we're just bringing <laughs> it set to set. You know, like once <laughs> once you trailer. once you collect something as a prop master for film, you tend to not get rid of it. So it just stays <laughs> in your warehouse full of stuff. Like we'll eventually use this again. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, that does yeah that's fascinating I've always been fascinated by the movie magic behind stuff like that but uh <laughs> yeah no I big big dicks uh <laughs> the movie magic of, of of big dicks uh it's weird the movies they put them in too yeah <laughs> That's such a great sound bite to clip out. <laughs> Big dicks. <laughs> See, I, uh, yeah. All right, good. Good, good, good. All right, we're back. We're awake. Let's do this. <laughs> we're, we didn't mean to interrupt you. Carry on about the No, thing. no, 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 no. I was watching this fantasy uh, sci-fi thing last night on Netflix. It was called like Love and Robots or something like that. Or, like, I thought you were going to say Love on the Spectrum. No, no, but it had a lot really of dicks funny. and tits in it. And it was like the CGI kind. And uh, like... <laughs> There's still the uncanny valley. You know what I'm saying? Like those are called vaginas, Will. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like you know, y'all are familiar with the concept of the uncanny valley, right? Like, yeah. No, I get Let's it. pretend we're not many, for our listeners at home. How many times did James Cameron have to go to the Titanic to perfectly map the tiny hairs of the vulva? Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean. <laughs> The, the tiny hair. <laughs> we really just do this for him. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chuck. <laughs> Hang on, I'm watching this over here. <laughs> <laughs> James Cameron's full of shit. Anyway, move on. <laughs> yeah, no, all right. What, 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 what have y'all got? It? What, uh, you know, I'm trying. <laughs> just swinging a pretty big dick over there. Don't let us get in your way, buddy. I'll tell you a trippy story. I didn't know. Um, did you see what happened to the Academy Awards that the Daniels won the, all the, swept all those Academy Awards? Like, uh, for, uh, for Lincoln? Or? What's it called? No, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the most recent one? Yeah. Yeah, so um, it turns out uh, 
that was well, kind of weird now. It's anticlimactic. But my son is a. Uh, He's like older than you guys, but yeah, he uh, he runs uh, the uh, he he's part of this group called the Sidewalk Cinema Group in Birmingham, Alabama. And that's where these guys are from, and they swept everything with that movie. I I tried to watch the movie; it's hard to watch. Like I've seen most of it, you know, and tried. To, it's it's a long story, but anyhow, I'm usually drinking too much at the time. It is different story, <laughs> but uh, but no, they swept like director, editing, screenplay, best actress, best supporting actor, best supporting actress. Turns out he's like a friend of my son's from high school, and they're friends. And awesome. like, and they all work together at the cinema. And this guy would bring in his his uh, early films and screen them at this because the cinema is kind of like the Angelica of Birmingham, Alabama, which it sounds odd, but it's kind of no, like I don't know. Thing. Birmingham. Look, I'm from Mississippi. Birmingham's a big city, uh, yeah. despite despite you know like what people from Houston think. Exactly. No, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. And the, the fact is, is like a. Out of the blue, I saw this thing and put up. On fa- he sent me the thing and I put it on Facebook. But it was like, uh, you know, it's like he's on this TV show in Birmingham, going, "So we're talking to, you know, oh, my son, man. basically saying, you know, uh, that, um, you know, he knew these guys and everything." And he's on, and he's a, my son's a film curator for the film festivals, so he watches all the films and then uh, like picks about twenty or twenty five for the group to, the committee to vote on what's going to be in the festival or whatever it is. 50, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so. He's pretty tight with this dude, and so pasted the whole thing on there. It turns out my daughter, who's four years younger than my son, she goes, "Oh yeah, I was in a lot of plays with everything. I put a lot of tons of productions with this dude." Damn, and, yeah, yeah. And all it was right. like because there was I don't know the guy. Like they also went on and did Colbert's show one time, uh, like right before the Academy Awards, and they recreated the entire cold opening. And they, oh wow! They they produced the cold opening just for one episode. That's, Colbert. I don't know if you watch Colbert, but it's a pretty cool show. You know. That's you know, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, it's 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 cool to be around famous stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really cool. It freaked me out. I was like, my son, look at this dude. <laughs> yeah. It's it's part of one of the things about this industry that's like getting to do randomly cool things. Just to be like, man, I did the Colbert show. Like, you know what the coolest thing I ever did was? What's that? Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking of something you asked me earlier, things I've seen like that, you know, and, and the, this one will fit better. You ever heard of a band called the Super Suckers? Can't say that I have. No, I've, I haven't. Oh, wow, Super Suckers are, are really um, heard of Sub Pop Records. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Well, Sub Pop like like uh, Nirvana, yeah. Mud Honey, or you know bands like that. You know, uh, during that time frame in the early '90s. Well, the Super Suckers were one of those bands. Okay, and uh, they still tour right now. They're on tour right now. They go sell out big venues in Europe all the time, up down the West Coast all the time. Like they're from Seattle. Originally, I think they're working out of San Diego now. A lot of the sub pop guys were based out of Seattle, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's where, that's where sub pop was based too, you know. Yeah, and uh, that's when the whole grunge thing started up, blew up, and everything. But the uh, Super Suckers, um, what the fuck am I talking about now? What is it? That? Sub pop, oh, Super Sucker. You were saying <laughs> the <laughs> Colbert. What, what's his show called again? We went from Colbert. <laughs> what's very, called? very green. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Uh, the reason I was telling you about the su- Super Suckers. Um, you're saying one of the coolest things you ever got. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> so I toured with them uh, and I played bass for them on like two tours in in '97 and '04, and on the '03 and on the '03 tour. This is this is gonna sound really fucking weird now, but they set it up like this. But they were doing a hustler photo shoot. Okay, it was one of these things that says it like it was in a magazine. It was in a magazine, <laughs> yeah, in a paper magazine. Yeah, <laughs> you remember these days? Oh, yeah, yeah, back in the day. 
but it was like they had these pages would be like, you know, what sort of man reads Hustler? You know, because you used to have those in like, what sort of man reads Playboy? What sort of, they'd have what sort of man reads Penthouse? Yeah. So they, they were in this Hustler photo shoot. And so the whole band sitting around going like this, there's a heavy metal rock band, whatever you know. But they're not heavy metal. They're more like, you should look up the Super Suckers if you've ever seen them. They've, yeah, no, no, no. Shit. But anyhow, um, and they've got this girl bent over with a hookah up her yeah. ass. Okay, like, oh, he's over ass. And the guitar player's got to think he's about going, he's blowing smoke over the air like he's been smoking her ass, you know? Right, right, right. And the whole right, band's yeah. like, just suppose, you know, it's like the super suckers. It's the thing about the super suckers, basically the hustler. Yeah. And I was standing right here on the side. I, was, <laughs> I, was, I, was, I wasn't a full-time member of the band. But it was a special tour. They do country tour, and I, I played bass on their country tour. But nice. But I was standing cool. right outside the picture. You know? There you go. That's, that's, that's it's the, yeah, not yeah. stupid and creepy and not cool. Like no, 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 no. I, I, I still appreciate Appreciate stuff like that. I was watching uh, Dolomite is my name, I think, about Rudy Ray Moore, and it yeah. was directed and made in Memphis. And you know, there was uh, his first comedy party album was uh, Eat Out More Often with just two big naked ladies, and he was going down <laughs> eating in their puss with like fruit in front of everything. And so you know, like <laughs> I, I, I appreciate tasteful, tastefully graphic stuff. Have you ever listened to that record? Uh yeah, yeah, this, yeah, I have. Is that the one that has a sensuous black man on it? Yes, uh, <laughs> yes, it, it is. It you know does. And then there's there's the signifying monkey, and yeah, uh, the signifying and then, monkey. And then, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that could be taken out of context, but you know, uh, <laughs> the sensuous black man. It's like this really weird thing. Yeah, it's like this. It's like uh, it's like you know what it sounds like. You know the 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 ant on. Uh, Sanford and Son, maybe Lawanda Page. Sorry, she's a comedian. These are comedians. Yeah, yeah. Know? And uh, Lawanda Page, I think she, it sounds like she but, was fantastic. But yeah. I don't think that's who it is, though. But it's somebody. Oh man, there's a famous. He had one. He had a Christmas album that just said "Rejoice" that had eight women like all around him with their tits all out, which was really nice. Because I just like tits. Uh, <laughs> Coming to store shells soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, that's my new album. Is I like tits, dude. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I like tits. Yeah. Big Earlier it was big dicks. So which, big which, dicks, which is it? Which big dicks, tits. You know, it's I got a hermaphrodite for you. Oh. Yeah. It's the 21st century, baby. You can like, like whatever you want. Yeah, album covers of like the 70s and 80s that you'll never. Like you can't put that on the shelves now. Well, do you, I, what was the one with a little bit of pubic hair on the top of it? I remember that was a really good album. Uh, there was one with the black crows. Yeah, I think it was America. Was it? Yeah, a, it was America. America yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, with where it had the American flag and the girl had just a little couple of pubes up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like me a little bit of pubis too. I just like fucking. I think I think yeah. we should just. <laughs> I bought that CD. You're just from, in all of the above. Yeah. I bought that CD from a shop and it had a little bit of duct. Tape on the plastic over that the pubes like <laughs> six <laughs> CDs and they had like a little, I was like and I didn't know at the time I was like I just like I heard the Black Crows on 101 I was like I want to yeah. get like a couple of Black Crow CDs and yeah. so I went and go to go buy the CD and I'm like why the hell they got black tape over the whole thing and then I unwrapped it I was like oh that's dumb <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like the 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 censorship of the record shop. I like Thank that you, they're Tipper just Gore. losing money in tape every single time they get one of those albums. Yeah, like these keep flying off the shelves. We need another roll of duct tape. <laughs> <laughs> God damn you, three pubic hairs! We gotta restock. <laughs> like it's bullshit. So, 
I wanted to ask, like, since you've been pretty close to both for a couple of decades, what do you think is harder to do, perform music or perform comedy? Well, I've got some real thoughts on this, actually. I can tell you. It's, um, the main thing is if you want to tour. Touring is different. Um, okay. Touring with a band is always fun because four of you, at least, four to six of you in a van, and you're always cutting up and partying, and you're fucking with one of them, and somebody's fucking with somebody's, somebody's the odd man out, and it's just what it is, you know, and it just becomes what it is, and it's this whole thing where you it's always a steal. But when you're touring as a comic, you're sitting in a fucking car by yourself in your own head thinking, you know, I did about an 85 last night, you know, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I don't want to, if I, if I do an 80 tonight, I'm turning around and going home, you know, whatever, you know. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, and also, you know, comedy is this whole thing about, you know, it's about climbing a ladder from a, from an open mic or two, a host to a middle to a headliner. And a lot of people, that's what it's about. For me, it never really was that about that. But, but when I started finding myself falling into that, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I don't like headlining. I've done it. And I don't like it. I don't like my name on the marquee beats. I, I, there's the funny one right there. No, I want to be one of the funny ones and I'll be my own brand of funny in my own way. But, but I don't have to be the guy carrying the torch for the entire show or carrying the whole show because to me that takes away from the fun of it. I do comedy for fun. I can see that. You know, and I, I don't do it to, you know, I'm not trying to change the comedy landscape. I always told John Wesley will tell you this. Tommy will tell you too. You know, I told him all the time. My, when I got into comedy, my goal was to, to, and this is true, was I just want a footnote in comedy. That's all I want. And I luck Babbitt gave me that in six months with Mitch, you know, and I, and I, and so I'll always have a footnote in comedy like that. And so it's like, I was done in six months. The rest of the time I was like, fuck it. You know? <laughs> party, you know? So I would go there and party and I would, I would, you know, I didn't take it real seriously. The other thing is for me, I was, I started out as an actor. I, I went through six semesters of, uh, theater training at the alley theater. Here in yeah, Houston. yeah. Yeah. They have a thing called the merry-go-round program when you're in high school. And like, I would go there. I went there for three years, you know, to do six semesters in three years. And uh, I played the Lion, the Wizard of Oz, the Alley Theater and stuff like that. So when I started doing comedy, what I was really doing was being an actor, acting like I was being a comedian. Yeah. And that's why when I would do my act, I would do the same act every time because I was reading my, I was doing my script. I just happened to have written the script, you know, and re and reworked the script, moved it around where I wanted. I do that all the time, obviously, but pretty soon I had one that was working. If you start making a ninety every day, don't fuck with it. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. That's how what I was doing, you know, because at that point it was like it was just one of the things I was playing music too, and it was just like I don't have time to focus on. I want to just have a be able to do it, you know, and and I can I got this script down, you know, and so you know I was always an actor playing like I was a comedian or being or acting like a comedian, you know, essentially. But, you know, I was getting laughs. I, 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 it worked. I had it working for a long time and just like, you know, then I just, I, <laughs> I got tired of like, uh, not wanting to headline. There was no, yeah. more, there was nowhere else to go, you know? So it was like, you know, okay, well, and the last few couple of years I worked with uh, Danny Martinez and, uh, 
this guy named Steve Califf. We had a thing called the Comedy Blues Band where yeah. it was their thing and they just brought me into it where I'd play my upright, Danny would play drums and Steve would play guitar and we'd each do a set and then we'd, at the end we'd come in and do a couple of Steve's songs and uh, made, some, made some money doing that a few times. There you, you go. Know? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. At this point, it was that was just more like a job, just a sidekick at that point. You know? okay. I don't know. But music's always been my passion, really. I've done it my whole life and I've been playing guitar since I was 12 years old. So that's over 45 years I've been playing, you know, and so it's like, you oh. know. Damn, yeah. <laughs> you seem like you got it down pat. You're just, you're just out here. You're like, yeah, if, once you realize you didn't uh, like it, you're just like, I can, I can just do feature stuff. But yeah, not, I guess not. That's not what, that was it. That's yeah. that it. I just wanted to do that because, you know, if I can get a cold beer and just go up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. so yeah. They're going to pay me to stand around here and talk shit. I was going to do that anyhow. <laughs> you know, that's the difference, you know, so. What did, did Tommy Drake says something along the lines of, uh, you know, you spend the first two years chasing the hour, and then for the rest of your life, you just want the perfect five, right? Huh. Yeah, like just want to get the perfect five. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Tommy's so good, such a such a workaholic, and such a just a, a, a smart writer, and you know, he's people don't recognize about Tommy. He's a lot like Steve Martin, and that he came from the amusement parks. Yeah, he, yeah. He, well, he, I mean, he came from the carny side of. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. like Steve, they're, they're very lot, much alike. You know, if you think about it, there's there's Steve Martin with his bow in the air, head, bow, you know, arrow through the head, and his banjo and everything. And there's Tommy juggling, you know, yeah, and, and doing all his, you know, it's it's not it's not prop, it is proppy, but it's not. It's more like. It's it's carny. Well, once it's, it's carny, once it's know. once it's gotten to a cerebral point, I don't think it matters anymore. You know, like when, yeah. when people when people have the audacity to be like, "Oh, that's a it's a hack prop comic." It's like you so, just talked about your balls for ten well, yeah. minutes. You I know? have like, to tell this story. Yeah. So the first time I ever worked with Tommy was in Arkansas at the Grove for a weekend, and we drive out there, and it's about an hour before our first set. And I was like, hey, can we drive through a McDonald's? Because I was still bringing a McDonald's cup on stage for that last joke at that particular point in my career. Yeah. And he said, yeah. And then he made fun of me for the next 90 minutes, calling me a fucking prop comic. (laughs) (laughs) And I had never seen his act before. So I'm watching his set for the first time. And then suddenly he pulls a duffel bag out on stage and literally starts juggling a sword, (laughs) a bowling ball, and an apple. Yeah, exactly. And I was so goddamn mad. <laughs> my favorite, uh, my favorite Tommy Drake set uh, was like one of the first nights back from COVID, and I'm hosting at Jive, and the whole parade of them walks in. It's Wesling, Drake, Kristen Lindner, Billy D, Jim Holder, Ted Vincent, and they're all like poking each other about like who's going to go up first. They're all poking at each other, and here's all these new ass COVID babies. That. Who had just spent a year inside watching all the Netflix <laughs> fucking things? They're like, yeah. I'm gonna be the next fucking pick a comic. Uh, I saw eight Kevin Hart's that first week. I saw a couple yeah. of Doug Stanhopes. Uh, I saw one Attell. I saw uh, a couple of Crystalias. Uh, <laughs> you have to report those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to the patio and I'm like, you guys are getting a free clinic in how to do small ball comedy tonight from pros that have collectively like 200 years of experience. You need to come in and watch this. And Tommy Drake goes up and I don't, I, if I had to bet on it, he never did this again, but he did a whole breakup letter to the audience. 
Oh, I've heard uh, him. Yeah, he's you've done, heard him he's, do that. He's done it before. God, it like it was my first time seeing that, and it was like this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Just a whole breakup letter to the audience. Yeah, I saw him take seven minutes reading emails that people sent to him complaining about his set. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he once got on stage and he was recording. He was he was recording. He brought out an old recorder. And then and the, he would get a laugh, and then he would stop, and he would re- stop the recorder and go, then he'd play the laughter back, and he'd go, why do you think that was funny? Damn, I love Tommy. Man. I was like, God damn, dude, that's wild. <laughs> man, I owe Tommy a lot, sincerely. Like, he's put up with so many insane comedy technical questions from me. Like, he's the reason I don't blow up y'all's inbox, and you should be grateful for it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good territory. So in terms of music, like, how... Uh, I, I've, go, I've gone to a lot of concerts. I've seen a lot of unhinged moments. One of my favorite moments uh, of a singer noticing something going wrong in the audience was funny enough at a Taking Back Sunday concert. <laughs> and there's a ruckus in the crowd, and in mid-song... He stops the song and he just goes, "We don't do that in my show. You have to know what I do to people who do this in my show. You see what I do with a microphone. I am six foot four. I will shove this mic up your ass really, really quick. This is not the energy I want in my show. We like love. This is love. This is about positivity. I'm sorry if I yelled at you. It's not my fault. You didn't have a dad growing up. And like we went through seven emotions in about thirty seconds. He just turns to the band. He's like, "Are you cool?" Are you cool? Is everyone okay? Let's take it from the bridge. Let's take it from the bridge. <laughs> and right back into the song. And oh, um, what happened? <laughs> apparently, some guy was getting a little too busy uh, in what appeared to be a pit situation. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then a ruckus had broken out. Could and, you describe uh, the ruckus? The the ruckus was a lot of shoving. Could you stop the ruckus? Uh, can't stop the ruckus. Can't stop the ruckus. No. Can't stop Did the, the ruckus. ruckus have any family present? Like, was there an uncle ruckus? Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That was a long way to go for a terrible joke. Quite the pilgrimage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's completely off the rails. I, I was riding the tides. So I was, I I was you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, the wind's coming from the east right now. We're going to go with it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that that was a, a an interesting moment. Uh, uh, so, what what have you witnessed, or what have you been a part of, where you're like, we got to stop some shit right now? Well, I'll tell you, um, playing with the super suckers again, and this is not the same kind of a story, but it, it's it's similar. That you know, when I was like, you got to stop this shit. It was more <laughs> like I was scared because. When you play up in the mountains in Colorado and like in Vail, you know, these big yeah, clubs up there, yeah, you know, yeah. but they suspend them. They, they hang them from like poles. They put poles up in the mountains and they kind of hang wires. They kind of like, so I don't know why they do that. I think it has something to do with the, the if it's an earthquake or I don't know, but it's like they, they're on wires. And so when you put your amp on stage, they strap it down with a freaking truck. <laughs> you know, ratchet. You know, yeah. Oh, everything's one, falling apart, Dan. Each one of them, they. Uh, you can pull I'm, that I'm down. Trying, I know. I'm trying to be all laid back over here. Okay. <laughs> I can't take a punch. Where the fuck? <laughs> so anyhow. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So anyhow, <laughs> that's a professional, right there. They, uh, 
they strap all your amps down. I'm like, what the fuck are they strapping your amps down for? You know, and they say, well, it's, it's, we were standing in the afternoon sound check. And they go, trust me. And what literally what happens is you get three or 400 people and they're rocking out real hard. The whole building is doing this. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, we're about to fall out of this thing. Shit. I mean, you've never seen it. It's like that all you couldn't have drinks on the top of your amp or anything like that. And it was like, and the whole, the whole it's like, the, it's like, that's part of the party. Yeah, and I was like, "What the fuck? I'd never so seen anything like that." So just the sound in the in the like no, mountain? just people people jumping up oh, and down in the, in the yeah. building, and it's just it's just these wires are bouncing God off these. It's like it's wild. like being suspended. The whole, it's it's trippy. And I was I was played two different bars like that. Yeah. With, with, so I don't like I don't like playing in Denver. I don't like playing yeah. outside of Denver yeah. in the mountains up there at all. It's it's kind of scary. Um. There's a band called the Beat Farmers you never heard of, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they're a huge band. They're, they they they're a huge band, the Beat Farmers, and uh, yeah. their their singer was Country Dick Montana. Yeah, and uh, and uh, I used to tour with the Beat Farmers a good bit. My band, the Missiles, we've opened for the Beat Farmers a lot, and uh, I saw those dudes like, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I'd carry the guy up like five or six flights of stairs. It's a long story. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just uh, the weirdest thing I ever saw. Let's see. Uh, I don't know. See a lot of tits. You know. Hopefully those aren't all weird. <laughs> those are pretty cool. They're, they're like 785 of the nicest tits I ever saw in my life. <laughs> in one really weird set. <laughs> that so was I want to name her and give her they a usually, They usually come in pairs, but that was that was an odd number you just gave. It was, it was called a what? math joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just squaring it home, by the way. You know, whatever sets you of tits. I've only seen one deal breaker sets of tits in my life. Like I took this lady home and she had like finger length nipples. Okay. It, like I, it felt too much like sucking a dick when I was sucking on her nipples. <laughs> I couldn't move past it mentally. That's funny. It's just too much. It wasn't like bigger. It was like I have big hands, man. You There's as long as your finger. Big. Yeah, <laughs> they were too long. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I have like giant hands. You shouldn't be able to measure. So you nipple, you like, you yeah. like the whole like titty was eats. nipple. Like it was just a nipple. Like, like ET phone home chest. It's like a nitty. <laughs> just nipples. <laughs> <laughs> It's trippy. It's just the fuck with you. Be like, you ever put like a press on fingernail at the end of it? (laughs) I wanted to put a condom on it, bro. (laughs) I couldn't deal. I'm not all that tightly wound to begin with. You can't expect me to deal with something as that and be a comic and not say shit in the moment. It's like you're just playing. It's like you're just looking at it, going like it's like a weird fleshy doorstop. By my house, there's a place called Perky Cups. There you go. Is that a coffee shop or a strip club? Both. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's no alcohol. It's all coffee and like frappes and smoothies and shit. But you go in there and it's like the chicks are like wearing like next to nothing. You know, like like I got much more than like a not like a Twin Peaks, much much deeper than like a titty bar. You know, nice. But uh, they're not on stage yet, like that. You know, right? And like. I don't know. It's How's the coffee? Well, it's funky. <laughs> it's funky. <laughs> funky coffee. <laughs> but the time I had a smoothie, it was great. <laughs> you know, it was, you know, and, uh, I like cappuccinos. It's really weird, too, because, you know, it's like, imagine the worst titty bar you've ever been in. That's, that's what you get for baristas. At these Harlem Nights. 
Oh. <laughs> Wait, what we are we doing? Supposed to name them. Worst titty bar you ever been in, Loden? Oh man, that would be uh, probably a small barn outside of Memphis. Uh, <laughs> was, oh, you're talking human. Yeah, human uh, titty bar. Human titty bar. No, no. Human titty bar. It yeah. was in uh, Isola, Mississippi, which was short for isolation. Oh, Candyland in Memphis was really bad too. That they had, sounds awful. They had Slap a Ho Tuesdays. And, uh, <laughs> oh, really? You go. It's 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 like March Madness bracket, uh, and these women are slapping the shit out of each other. And uh, and road trip to Memphis next they, week. Well, oh, you 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 think you'll be excited about the whole thing, but then you're like, wow, these girls really need this money, <laughs> and you feel. You feel really guilty. <laughs> For about a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to talk about this on stage. We got to go to Memphis, guys. I want to go to Candyland. <laughs> I think that's where Quentin Tarantino got it from. Is, uh, you, know, like, oh, like, God. <laughs> you know, he was there every week for six months for research. <laughs> Bop. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. Worst strip club you've ever been to, Chuck? Oh, you know, I forget the name of it. It was on the corner of, uh, and it's oddly enough, it's it's the place. Uh, it's it's funky. It was like the size of a gas station. And it was right on the corner of Thirty Fourth and uh, Two Ninety. Oh, I've been on that one. Uh, yeah, well, that it, was right. It's right by uh, Tacos A Go Go now. It's where the new Tacos A Go Go is. Well, where. It's, I've been to a lot of strip clubs. Well, it, what that is, though, Anna Nicole Smith, when she met the old man she got married to, got all the money and became famous and all that shit, you know, she was dancing at that bar right there. And it was a funky-ass titty bar, you know. I actually got to stay in the hotel room that Anna Nicole Smith died in in Tampa. Uh-uh. Yeah, I played at that casino a lot, and a friend of mine was like, you want the Anna Nicole Smith death room? And I'm like, fuck yeah. Did <laughs> you beat off in there? Yeah. Fuck yes, uh-huh. I said. That was a rhetorical question. We, all, was, we, all, we all knew you beat off. <laughs> Any lady listeners out there, have you guys ever been in a hotel room? He's jerked off in that hotel room. Yeah. 100% of the time you play road games. Somebody else is doing the towels. The towels are getting done. You're in a death suite going like, can you operate a Ouija board with your balls? We're going to find out. (laughs) Is there anybody in here? It kind of smelled like Anna Nicole Smith died in that room. But that also could just be regular Tampa hotel smell. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a, there's a spirit. There's probably a spirit to rooms in in Tampa. No, there, there's a presence. I don't even remember if it was Tampa <laughs> or if it was the other one in my. It was some Tampa, or in Orlando. Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. One of, yeah. Like not like anybody fact checks the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me, that wasn't that. that, if, that if the NY, if the New York Times fact checked our show, that would be very funny. That would be hilarious. <laughs> first off, uh, oh, first off, Slap a Ho Tuesday wasn't at <laughs> Candyland. It was at Onyx. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, your, your fact our check. Our integrity is shot. As oh. a, your fact check spawns like a thirty-minute Vice documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I what hope one day Chuck? my life is a vice documentary. What's that titty bar on the way down towards Galveston on the right hand side, almost about towards League City? Is on the right hand side. Heartbreakers. Heartbreakers. Yeah. One night when I was working radio, I got home of the four p.m. steak. I had a gig there, <laughs> so I was.
was on on air on radio for a long time. I won't say what station doesn't matter though. But no. but I was the only one. They were all kind of like sports talk guys, but I wasn't. I was just like this comedian was working. They're bored. Right. And I would talk shit here and there, and so I was the only one that would they would ask that would agree to go and work titty bars. You know. Yeah. And they sent me down there one time to. Uh, to uh, be like the announcer and judge a fucking mud wrestling thing down there at Titty Bar. That was, uh, you know, you know, relatively fun, I guess. You know. Yeah, it was cool. As, uh, well, as, as a comedian, you know, what the perks, you know. Yeah. yeah I, I got I got asked to uh, host a burlesque show one time, and I didn't know what to do, so I called my buddy who was a DJ in Atlanta for a long time, and I was like, hey, you've done strip club shit before. I'm doing gayer strip club stuff. It's just burlesque now. Um, and he was like, there are a couple of games you can do. One of them where he had three different plungers and you put a uh, Sharpie marker on the top one inch of the plunger and you give everyone a piece of sandpaper and whoever gets uh, the Sharpie off of the plunger uh, first wins a hundred bucks or something, you know, just because it looks like you're jerking it off. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you really, yeah, the, the, the mic stand doesn't like gravity. Clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're coming right up on an hour anyway. We're coming right, yeah, yeah. We're coming right up on an hour. Uh, yeah. So, so if uh, you got anything you want to promote, Mr. Savage? No, now. I don't really. I see what kind of show this is. You guys sit there and fucking talk shit. Let's just do that. I like this more. Okay, fun, cool, you know? cool, yeah. cool. Well, like you can said, check out his album some point. Uh, yeah, I got a record coming out. Just go to Chuck Savage on Facebook or something like that. That's where it is right now. Just check it out. Like I got mm-hmm. an album coming out and trying to do some gigs coming up. Check it out and hang out. And perfect, perfect, party perfect. Out. Chad, where can we find you? Uh, Third Coast Chad on Instagram. Mr. Loden? That's still the place. Uh, that would be Will underscore Loden on Instagram. That's probably the spot to go. Ben, where can they find you? Instagram at Very Dark Comedy, all one word. Thanks for coming out and doing this again, Chuck. Dude, I'm honored. And I didn't know it was your first show. That made me more honored about that because once I met you, I started following your career. And I think you're okay. I have to follow your career. It's cool, man. And, dude, I appreciate that very right, much. Bro. You got it, dude. That's cool. Right. All right. Nice to meet you, boss. Right, same to you guys.